0: Welcome, everybody, to the Careers in the Cloud podcast, uh, where we talk to people just like you who are doing awesome things in their career right now in the ecosystem. Uh, so thank you all for listening, for joining and following us. Today, we have a super, super special guest who I've been excited to have on here for a good while. He uh, spent 25 years at one company, which is an incredible amount of loyalty. Um... He's one of the earliest adopters in Canada, specifically for Salesforce Industries, formerly known as Velocity, and who many would call the voice of reason for telecommunications across North America. Welcome, Brad Pruner.
1: Pleased to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Now, hey, come on. For for the one, maybe two people who actually don't know you at the most, uh, maybe start by introducing yourself. Tell sure. us, Brad, who are you? What do you do?
1: Yeah, right on. So. Um yeah, so I've, as you said in the introduction, uh, I've been fortunate to uh, uh, spend about 26 years in the communications industry, um, previously working with what was Tel, which then became Telus. Uh, through that time, I, I was really fortunate to have had four careers. Uh, you know, I started off in call centers and operations, then I worked in sales, then I worked in uh, marketing. In the last uh, just over a decade, I guess 11 or 12 years, has been all about the cloud. Um, where my team helped launch uh, Salesforce and, and then really took on a major transformation project. Um, and then just in the last uh, six months, I, I took my career a different direction. I've left uh, the communications industry, but now I support communications firms uh, where I work at Salesforce.
0: Mm-hmm. Sure. And c- congrats on that six months later, but no, definitely big congrats. Salesforce definitely needed you. Let's backtrack mm-hmm. though really quick. Because yeah. being at Telus when, for example, when you started, what was it like pre-cloud, pre-digital transformation in such a big telco like that?
1: Yeah, it's, um, you know, my, um, my experience in sales and marketing is what drew me to the cloud. Um, and, and as a marketer, specifically, I was very frustrated by the lack of data. Um, so as a marketer, you have to prove relevance, right? And show that you're driving results. But we were literally managing our marketing campaigns on spreadsheets. And we had lists of customers we pass around uh, of email addresses. And it was just entirely ineffective. And so that really led us um, at the time I was in marketing, but that led us towards building the business case that eventually saw um, us introduce a CRM application. And I recall we started very small, right? Like we were in the world of marketing automation, um, you know, doing campaigns and lead management. And suddenly we were like, wait a second. Now we're, we can develop campaigns, but we had nowhere to put them. We didn't have a CRM. Um, So that led to the introduction of Salesforce. And I I recall, you know, kind of in the early days of cloud, I'm dating myself a bit, but I recall the early meetings with, with our IT team. And I won't name any names, but you know, the very first meeting, Uh, I was given a list, uh, a page and a half long of the things we were not allowed to do in the cloud. Uh, And I'm proud to say we broke most of those rules (laughs) Um, because at the time there was a lot of of, frankly fear and misunderstanding. And and so, you know, being able to kind of push beyond those initial, um, I guess, envelopes given to us was a big part of the journey. Sure. And
0: this, I would say, is a pretty unique perspective from somebody who's kind of seen, say, a transformation from that, like, length of time, right? You have a lot of people who, like, started their career in cloud, and they've sort of always been there because that's just when they started their career, basically. But from somebody who's kind of seen it pre to now post, to me, just like as a recruiter looking at, you know, why someone would probably do so well in the role that you're in now, it kind of takes that breadth and length of experience to really sort of understand a customer to that perspective. So maybe really quick, just to explain for people who don't know, how would you define Salesforce's digital
1: transformation function? Yeah. Um, so I, I think I've landed the dream job for me. Um, so I'm part of what. Uh, so within Salesforce, there's a group called Salesforce Industries, uh, as you said, formerly known as Velocity. Um, I'm part of what's known as the Digital Transformation Office, and our team are all practitioners like me. So we are people who have carried a bag, if you will. We've done major transformations in the cloud. And our role really has two sides to it. I support Salesforce and sales teams, where I meet with customers globally uh, in the telecommunication space and I share with them kind of lessons learned. I, I guess I bring a bit of credibility to the table, I like to think, in that these nope. kind of trans- these kind of transformations are possible and, and these are the lessons learned. It's not just about the software, right? It's about People and process, and some of the things there. So, I support sales. And then on the other side of my job, I support uh, existing customers as well uh, as a bit of a consultant or advisory role, um, just to help them in challenges they're facing and what have
0: you. And to be like, to be. That trusted advisor. Like I kind of joked about it before, but honestly, seriously, as when you look at North America's telco perspective, like you would be seen for sure as a voice of reason. But that's also probably because you've been through like a gauntlet of business problems throughout your time in the industry. Right. So, like if we just sort of backtrack again and talk about maybe some of the toughest battles you had when you were first looking to bring cloud, say into TELUS, just as an example. Um you know, some of those toughest, I, I would say, battles you had to go through to get cloud there and maybe just like how you felt along the way, like, like, did you ever think it would fail? Like, were you always confident that this was going to work or, you know what <laughs> I'm saying?
1: Yeah, I, uh, definitely not confident it was always going to work. Um, you know, we'll, I guess, talk a bit about taking risks, right? Um, every, this was not one big project. Right. Um, it was, you know, the work we did over a decade was literally dozens of business cases, each of them, you know, tackling a piece of the value chain. And it didn't always work like there were things that we messed up and decisions we had to backtrack and do things over again. Um, you know, in terms of some of the resistance we face, I would say some of it was. Um, I'd say the biggest impediment I see and this is I see this in my new role now as well globally is when people think about cloud oftentimes there's a tendency to think we're just going to digitize a current process so we're going to take a current way of doing business we're going to move it into the cloud and we're going to say we're all done um to me that's not enough right like the goal should be to actually transform the process um and and when i say transform the process i mean taking a customer lens and say just because we've done it this way for 20 or 30 years doesn't mean we should continue to do it the same way on a new platform and the really quick story on that Maurizio was I recall we were um, doing an e-contracts project, you know, we were taking all of our contracts, moving them from wet ink contracts to digital contracts, And there was a team whose sole role was registering wet ink contracts. So they would receive the contracts in, they would compare the contract that was sent to the customer to the contract we received back, and they'd go through line by line to make sure the contracts were the same. And that was valid. It was a valid business requirement 20 years ago because you need to make sure that you know nothing changed in the in the transaction, but of course, and so we received that requirement for digital contracts. They said, "Well, we need to manually check every digital contract," and of course, that's not necessary in a digital world, right? Like the sure. system do that for sure. you. But, but there was a a bit of a resistance to that to say, "Well, no, we need to continue with this this old business process because that's
0: the way that we've always done it." Basically, right. just
1: right. And that's just well. one example that sticks with me because if we had if my team um didn't have the courage to to push back um the courage to say you know to challenge that requirement um then we wouldn't have done anything that really transformed things and the cool thing about that story is we took a process that used to take on average six weeks um down to being instant so you know a docu signed contract automatically registering so there's lots of little stories like that along the way um not all of them go well though right like i'd say there are mistakes we made some of them painful um, but I, I think what helped us through that as a team was that we had a vision mm. and we kind of stuck to that vision all the way through and, and, sure. and you know, sometimes you fall on the ground and you guys, you know, dust off your knees and stand back up again. Right. Sure. I think that what you just
0: said there makes the most sense because like you could implement all the technology in the world. And to be honest, if that's all you do, it actually probably make your life more difficult than easier. I would imagine. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. if the the process first, the tech kind of backs that up and together yeah. it kind of sort of makes things yeah, easier. As I as think having possible. a lens to simplification is key. Like I, I think sure. um, if, if you set yourself as your vision that you're going to try to reinvent processes and make them as simple as possible, that, that you will never go wrong trying to simplify. Especially, I, I mean, some industries like telco is one of them, right? Where they're infamous for making things more complex than they need to be. Sure. Um, you know, we, we challenged ourselves to get from contracts that were 30 pages long. Like a contract for a, for a service was longer than a mortgage document. Why would that be? Right? Like why can't this be a one or two page document? Sure. Uh, why can't sure. we use the internet? Like yeah. stuff like that. If you if you ground yourself in a in a passion to simplify, um, I think that helps because then also your stakeholders, like the users who are your main stakeholders, the users and your customers. They then begin to see that this makes sense, right? We're not just taking an old process and moving it to a new tool. We're, we're actually reinventing the process, and that makes it sure.
0: fun. Yeah. The more I guess you can help them understand the change, the more on board they are, and you know, the more seamless the process can be, for lack right of a better on. word. You mentioned team as well, and this is also something I want to talk about too, because traditionally, the higher up you move in the corporate ladder, and you definitely moved up the corporate ladder, right, in your last in your last company, big time. The higher up you move in that ladder, the more hands off you become about what's happening in the trenches. And oftentimes like the the leaders who are most respected in history are the ones who remain in the weeds with their team, but your bandwidth is only so far. And the higher up you go, the less bandwidth you have for those things that you used to do maybe, right? From what I hear in the market from people who've worked on your team, you aren't that leader who sort of just moved up and sort of forgot about everyone else and sort of left it to them. You still somehow found a way to, you know be at that level where other executives obviously respected you but stayed at a level where even the team that was under you felt like they were more around you like what's your secret to being able to balance that where you have the respect essentially of everybody and that's what moves the transformations forward really
1: yeah it's a, it's a good question i i would you know i i was fortunate through my career to have hired a lot of people um and you know our team that we you know, We started with two or three people, maybe four or five in the very early days who were focused on this these transformations. Um, by the end, including contractors, we were up over 100, right? So the team really grew. I would say picking a team or choosing who, you, who works for you more based upon how they work versus what they do um, really helps build a, a cohesive team culture. So to me, and this might be a, a somewhat controversial statement, you can't teach culture, right? Um, So it's, to me, when we were hiring, it was always attitude over aptitude every day, right? So, and that's maybe funny to say when we were hiring developers and architects and everything else, but, you know, we we needed people who who worked uh, well together as a team first, because we can always train, right? And and I, I think about, you know, we, we had have an amazing team of sysadmins, an amazing team of BSAs and, and um, solution architects, but many of them started, you know, in, in not that role, right? We kind of grew them internally. And, and I think that that cohesion helped, um, and because it, it was all, you know, we always worked as a team first. And in terms of just kind of my involvement, you know, at the exec level versus the working level, at the end of the day, we're all a team, right? And I, I just think that my team, you know, I was fortunate that we were, we were, it was a great group of people to work with. And, and I think because we kind of grew it organically in that way, Maurizio, that helped create that dynamic.
0: Yeah. I'm hearing a few things like obviously incredibly humble leadership for sure, but also hiring people who maybe don't have like all the pieces coming to the table, but they have the potential you train them, you give them that advancement. Obviously people are going to be super grateful if they're given that opportunity. And that's, I think what brings that team together that obviously stayed for so long. Do you know what I mean? So that makes a ton of sense and i think it's you
1: and you're in the recruiting business right so you kind of maybe see this as well um you want to surround yourself with people who've got a bit of a i guess a glimmer in their eye you know that they they not only have the right cultural attributes but they actually have a passion for what they're doing like this stuff should be fun right like i I would often when we go out for beer and we talk as a team um, like what a tremendous opportunity we're all given this in this industry. Like we're at a turning point where the types of changes that we're making in taking things to the cloud are generational changes. Like you, we're going to tell our kids about the time that you know things used to sit in boxes or servers in an office, and and to be to be given the latitude uh, to be a part of that, and and to be given, frankly, the resources and the mm-hmm. money. To, to drive these projects, like there's a bit of a, I don't know, it's a cool legacy we're leaving. So I think that makes it fun. And um, if people aren't up for that, like, if people don't see that, then this isn't the job for them, right? Like, they should be doing something else. And I think it's just within the team that I was fortunate to be part of. A lot of us had that passion, right? We're like, well, this is really cool. And yes, some of it's hard. And sometimes you have days where you're like, Oh, God, I can't believe we have to go through this. But if you can kind of stay energized by the, the, the gift we're being given to be part of this transformation. Um, I don't know, it makes it fun and, and you can kind of get through a lot of the hard points because you're, you're part of, of that kind of experience
0: that alone is a massive lesson that to be honest a lot of people i think overlook they say it but they don't actually do it like hiring off attitude hiring off potential right like Mm -hmm. like passion potential attitude that's like almost more important than skills to some degree so that's interesting that you don't just say but you actually lived it and it's proven obviously from from Mm -hmm. you know your time there what would you advise to someone who's either say new to the Salesforce ecosystem, right? They're, they're, they're looking into getting into it. Now they're not really sure where to start or, or we can have somebody who maybe has been in the ecosystem a long time, or is ending up in that rut where maybe they don't feel that passion that they used to feel when they got their first certification, as an example, what would be your advice
1: to somebody like that? I would say two things. Um, What made me most successful was, um. I never forgot who our customer was. Right, spend time with them. Right, like spend time with your user. Spend time getting to know the groups that you're supporting. So don't don't consider the role just a technical role where you're clicking and um, you know clicking on a mouse and, and programming something, but get to know the end user and their experience. Because to me, what always energized me was walking the floor, and seeing. You know call centers of hundreds of people using the applications that my team developed sure that's fun right and yeah, so if, yeah. It if you're, to it yeah like if you're, if you're too much you know staring at a requirement sheet and you know working through implementing something but you've lost sight of who you're doing it for hmm. uh, I, I could see why it'd be a bit of a grind but just so, sure. so it's tough now with COVID obviously but if you can get out into the office where, where your tools being used do that or if you can take time to meet with your stakeholder one-on-one and just ask mm-hmm. them how's the going, right um because you you want to know that anyway right for good or for bad you want to know how they think about what you're you're doing I, pain a little bit too probably yeah. right yeah 100 because they might tell you things you didn't know they might give you a new challenge to say geez i didn't know that you were having to do these steps in this different tool, you know, just stuff like that. But again, I think what I always found energizing was just seeing that impact firsthand, Um, getting to know the user, getting, you know, getting out in front of them um, Mm. was always tremendously energizing to me. The simplest thing,
0: right? Can change your perspective completely. That's super interesting. What, What would you say you're most proud of up
1: until this point in your career? What are you most proud of? You know, it's, um, Maritsu, I had a chance to reflect upon that when I was leaving my last employer to go work for Salesforce. And, and normally when you leave, you kind of write these heartfelt farewell notes, right? To say,
0: how yeah. of these things, it's this exactly is what, what I did. Done.
1: And I remember, um, I remember, because I had written this note and I was listing all of the system accomplishments, like all the things we did. Sure. You know, sure. they, we improved the yield, we improved the cycle time, we drove this 100%. much on savings. Yeah. 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 yeah, and I ended up throwing all that out. Because yeah. I realized, because at the same time, I was getting all these really heartfelt messages from sure. the team that I was fortunate to lead. And I remember thinking, well, that actually, the thing I'm proudest of is not that I moved this widget or not that we implemented this tool, but based upon the notes I was getting from my team, the thing I'm proudest of is how much of an impact I think our team had on their lives. Like people have built their careers around, um, this team. And 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 in some small way, I guess, I had the opportunity to impact that and influence it. And, and so that's the thing I'm proudest of, it was the team and the impact I've had on their lives and their careers. Um, I think that's a lie. I like to think that they'll think about that in 10 years, right, or 20 years, that this was the best team they were ever part of. And, and based upon the notes that I got from people, I, I kind of believe that. And it's great. Like, honestly, that's, that energizes me uh, so much yeah man
0: it's like a chain right because you you have that effect on people in their working life where they spend most of their day right and then Mm -hmm. they take that back home to their families not just like the financial piece but like even just like the way that they carry themselves their passion in life like it it impacts everybody in their world too so it's a massive chain reaction that's a super Mm uh super admirable thing admirable thing to be proud of for sure um Lastly, before I let you go, I know you probably have a massively busy day, but how can people reach you? What expertise can you offer? Who do you want to be connecting with?
1: Um tell us. Yeah, so um I I very much have an open door. Um I, I do love having conversations like this. I love talking to practitioners who are doing the same kind of thing. So, you know, certainly LinkedIn is the best place to find me. Um and um, you know, especially if you're in the communications industry, but honestly, more more importantly, if you're a practitioner who's trying to lead and drive change, um, I, I don't mind people reaching out through LinkedIn. Hey, just want some advice or I'm running into this issue. Um, I I actually welcome that because I, I always found, and this is what I love about my new job, is I always found that there's solace in knowing that you're not alone, <laughs> right? So the types of change challenges i be facing every day Sometimes I'd I'd look in the mirror and say, is it just me? Like, why, why is this so hard? <laughs> right. But then when you talk to other people at events like Dreamforce or other events, we're all dealing with the same stuff. Right. So I, like I, I think knowing that you're not alone and knowing that whether it be a change management challenge you're having or, a, you know, hiring challenge you're having or whatever the challenge Um You know, I I certainly don't mind people reaching out. Happy to give some advice. I can at least share my perspective. I've gotten it right sometimes. I've gotten it wrong. Uh, But please don't hesitate to reach out via LinkedIn and we would be happy to connect. awesome, man. You guys, you've heard it from Brad himself. Reach
0: out, you're not alone. Uh, Thank you so much, Brad, for for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure having you. And uh, maybe in a few months, hey, we reconnect, we can do like a a part two
1: at some point. I love that, yeah, for sure. I enjoyed the conversation very much. Thanks for it, too.